Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 263 on January 16th, 2020. On tonight's episode, we're going to discuss the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Direct, plus some third-party games are getting released for the Switch. And by the way, did I mention Andre Seegers from Game Explain is joining us to break all of this news down. This and all of your community questions. Jesse, cue the music. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Marty here from Nintendo Dads, and it's episode 263. It is January the 16th, 2020, year of our Lord, and the end of volume one of the Smash Brothers DLC fighter pack. Went out with uh, more of a fart than a bang, but hey, we'll get to that here in just a little bit. Joining me tonight on the show... Uh, we have our normal assorted cast of dads and a special guest, uh, Jesse Waldack. How you doing tonight, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it was uh, really it wasn't as early for me as it was for other people, being Central Time. But uh, I normally don't have a 7:30 calls. My first call is normally 8:30, but I had a 7:30 call this morning, so I was up for that. So I when they. Direct happened at 8 o'clock. I wasn't able to listen to it, but I was able to watch it and see what's going on. And then I watched, went back and watched it later. Yeah, well, you, uh, never mind. We'll just save it for the end. All right, we'll save, we'll save it for when we talk about it. Also with us uh, tonight, uh, from the land of the frosty white north, uh, with a stack full of Slurpee cups, it's Mr. Justin Masson. It is the Arctic tundra in Canada right now. And I kid you not, Marty, I kid you not, it is exceptionally cold right now. As a matter of fact, it is it is minus 35 right now in Canada. Wow. Um, I don't know what that is in your country's weather conditions, but let me just say it's cold. Well, it's cold. let me just tell you that, that here yesterday it was 68 degrees. I don't know what that means for you, because that sounds <laughs> glorious. That sounds like a lava pool that I want to swim in. It sounds like tornado weather is what it sounds like, and it's uh, it's terrible. It's January. Uh, I should be outside building a snowman and sledding, not yeah. hiding from tornadoes. Yeah. This is So I'm going to tell you this re like real true story. It's 31 uh, below we, Fahrenheit, which is not much different, because it's about okay. minus 40, they're the same. Yeah. So uh, coming back from uh, Ireland, like we're not used to having this kind of cold, right? And it's always so moist. Well, here it gets so dry and you can't see my hands. There they can see the camera. They're starting to go red and crack. I have this bottle of like hand lotion in my office that I have to use like every hour to stay properly moisturized. So what you're saying is you're getting old. Shut your mouth. You're, you're living in a nursing home now. I feel like it. I feel like I'm gonna. I just got a haircut, and the guy as he's trimming it, you don't only really get your haircut, and like the hair falls in front of you. I'm looking down at it as he's trimming my hair, and there's so much gray in there. There's so much gray that I I haven't seen before. It made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Well, you know where all that gray uh, hair comes from, right? It comes Stress. from no. It comes from Tim Off up in Minnesota, who's joining us tonight on the show. <laughs> How's it going? Great segue. I'm ignoring you now. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't ignore me. No, I can't. But I was trying to count bi binary, you know, like I, I like, thought. Uh, yeah, if you, did, I was you trying to, but if you count binary, you get memed. <laughs> yes, you we do. learned that today. 
We're learning yeah, that. But I couldn't how figure that out. So Actually, I am doing Jim good. from Michigan, how are you? I am doing good. Yeah, I got it right. <laughs> Thanks. And happy to be on here as usual. So awesome. uh, and excited to to talk to our guest today. Yeah, and speaking of our guest, joining us tonight, the one, the only Andre Seegers from Game Explain. Andre, how are you? I am tired but thrilled to be here. Yeah, so how at this point you you got up this morning to watch the the Smash uh presentation. How long have you been awake? Uh I think I've been awake for Oh god, I can't do math now. Four fifteen hours? I think fifteen. Yes. So, Maybe I wake up around five fingers. Oh uh, yeah, I know, no kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been up since five thirty my time. I'm not a morning person at all. So well, but I'll do what I need to for for, for Sakurai. So there you oh, go. I, good I'm man. sure I'm sure he is uh exceptionally pleased with you toughing it out for him there. <laughs> not as pleased as I am with uh with most of Sakurai's DLC. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, and so, guys, we're just going to jump straight into the news because we've got a ton of stuff to talk about this week related to Nintendo. So let's just jump right on in there, shall we? Let's do it. And as always, our news is brought to us by you over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. Wherefore, as little as a dollar a month, you can join in our Discord community. You can get access to all kinds of cool pre and post show audio. And now, brand new, each week you get access, if we have a guest, to tier specific question Q and A uh, with with the guest on the show, as well as the ability to vote on topics for the show and kind of shape the show. We're trying that out this week as well as show previews and all kinds of other stuff. But uh, I want to do a couple of shout-outs right here. A couple of brand-new patrons, Tyler and Octaris. Thank you guys for jumping into the Patreon game this week. Thanks for becoming patrons. And also, thank you to our good friend Antonio Contronio for becoming our brand-new Patreon producer this week. Woo! That's a clap. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're and and look seriously. Thank you for specifying that. Otherwise, we would need to put the explicit tag on the show. Oh, (laughs) Uh, you know we had such a good thing going there. Right. That well, that only lasted fifteen minutes, folks. Fantastic. Good night. uh, See you later, folks. Um, Seriously, uh, no matter what level you back us at on Patreon, we are thankful for you. Be sure to watch every Tuesday uh, from a dollar all the way up. All those tiers. You will have access to, uh, I guess, show previews, guest announcements, and things like that for the show. And then on Thursdays, you'll have the ability to uh, vote on topics. And this is this is something we didn't do this week, but uh, I think would be good on that Tuesday post where we preview the show. You can suggest topics, and we will include them on the poll on on Thursday. All right. So just trying to do some more Patreon interaction there. Uh, We hope you guys enjoy that. And so let's dive into the news. Of course, probably the biggest news item this week is that today, this morning, uh, for some of us at 6 a.m., for some of us at 8 a.m., or if you're Tim and special, 9 a.m., the very last fighter for the DLC pack, uh, Fighter Pass, which we now know is Volume 1, was revealed and, um, Andre, who was it? 
Uh, I believe, uh, I think it was an anime swordsman, or actually, sorry, not, not an anime swordsman, an anime uh, triple weapon user or something. Yeah. <laughs> Byleth. <laughs> yeah, it's Byleth from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, is it safe to say, before we dive in and talk mm-hmm. about this, that this is by far the most divisive Smash Brothers character reveal in a long time? Ooh, yeah, I think that's definitely fair to say, and especially, yeah, in a long time, I think for sure. <laughs> yeah, when, when the, Perhaps yeah. ever. In the, it, again, I wasn't listening to it, but I was watching it a little bit this morning, and I saw the YouTube chat, and as soon as they showed the, the, the anime cutscene, the chat already went bonkers in the, in yeah. the South way. So, yeah, uh, yeah it, the, the immediate reaction was not positive. Uh, I, I would, dare say that the the post-immediate reaction was not positive. Um, I, I do like fact, that the video pokes fun at itself. It did. It did. Uh, the, the the video, I thought, was, you know, the opening reveal, I think, was was pretty well done, um, even including uh, what seemed to be, you know, genuine cutscene from the game, it, it rendered in engine. Uh, but, you know, uh, this, uh, this fell flat for me. Uh, just to just get it, let's get it out of the way off the jump. Uh, people are going to say I'm being negative, uh, again, but this, I, I don't know. Like I was not happy. And the, the actual tweet that I sent out was it's another fire emblem character (laughs) followed by, I think I'm just going to turn it off. I stuck it out. I watched through the end. I'm glad I did because there are some other things that we're going to talk about, but just around the horn here, Andre's already kind of, um, talked about the negative reaction. How did you guys, how, how did this land with you? I was oh, hoping for something other than a swordsman, but it, it, this one at least does mix it up. Uh, I have uh, basically his weapon can work as five different weapons uh, types, a, a sword, a whip, a lance, a bow, and an axe. So depending on if it's if you're holding up or holding left or right, you know I don't. I, I again I don't play, so I don't know all the terminology. But you're able to have a good a good range of abilities. You have close close attacks, and you have some range going on. Right. I haven't had a chance to talk to my son because he's he's the Smash player, so I don't know what his his thoughts are yet. All right. What about the rest knowing. of you guys? I. Uh... I feel like this was tonal, tonally a complete weird miss yeah. mm-hmm. from everything else that we have seen happen in relation to these announcements. This feels, and, and again, I have no logical basis for any of this, but just hyperbole and speculation. But this literally feels like at the last minute, something happened. Do you know what I mean? Like something got ditched. Some other character got moose slotted out and they're like, oh, we could do this. Or they realize that they're like, oh, you know what? The season pass for number two, there's a lot. We can we could pad that out some more. So let's maybe move someone that was over here on season two pass, move them over to one. Because if this was if this was the end of season one and like you want to go with a banger, this was not the banger to go out on. Do you know what I mean? This like to your point, this felt like a whimper. And the, and the weird part is everyone except for this, for your Fire Emblem guy, was a third party. Do you know what I mean? Like, and like, from a franchise these, that's never had a Smash Up before. Yeah, like, there's just this weird kind of, like, like 
and I and that may be this this disconnect between expectation versus reality, right? Because we've had these like anything's yeah. possible, anything's possible, anything's possible, and then it's like and fire so, and love. So and can, like, I want to I want to put a pin in what you're saying right there because you said an interesting word, uh, and that word was expectation. And I, I want to ask this, and then kind of route back to to how everybody felt about it, and anybody can chime in on this. Do you think that one of the reasons this kind of whimpered instead of banged is that it was pretty heavily implied that this was going to be Dante from Devil May Cry? I would well, blame the Game Explain crew for all of that. <laughs> They're nothing but propaganda <laughs> machines with just spin the uh, the horrible Nintendo Nation up into a tizzy. This is all we on had, you, we Andre. Had, this is all on Game Explain. <laughs> We had nothing to do with that. I want everyone to know. Um, yeah, that was this community working themselves up over over nothing. They saw cause, a because they announced that there was going to be a DMC announcement tomorrow of some sort. They did had no, right. didn't say Smash in the least, and people just put two and two together and got seven. Right? No, but all the dates seemed to line up. It was like January sixteenth and February twentieth and February twenty third. Yeah, and, and, sure the and there was a DMC three announcement. We'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, people think this Nintendo would let them tease that character, though, like ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> like, but you know, Justin, I think that that one of those things that you just said, like how it got moved, I think that's important to note because, like, it, you know, it, it was a very different reveal than than in the past. It felt different. Uh, the tone was completely different. In fact, at the very beginning of it, Sakurai even said. No one really knows about this character except me. I mean, is that that yeah, was like, basically what he was saying. Yeah, like, his commentary was like, nobody really had, and like very like not a lot of people at Nintendo know. So, so you begin to you know he begins to plant these seeds, which are like creating again these like blown up expectations, right? So you're like, oh man, it could be anything, and then you're like, right. no, it's literally the IP that we own the rights to, and you're right. like, I, but, why, but would, how why does, would nobody know that? How does that work with his earlier statement of all of the DLC characters are already set? There's nothing I can do about it. I there's think always something. A- yeah, I think that's just. I think they knew what they were wanted to do, but again, they they also at some point knew they wanted a second DLC, and if they did something, had something slide that that makes sense. Yeah, we'll never know if that's true or not. Here's, so, here, here's a couple things that I, I kind of want to just wrap my thoughts on this. Not for me. The Fire Emblem character is not for me. And that's okay. Like, here's the other reality, right? Like, let's all have just, a, like, a little bit of, like, a, like, internet, let's take a knee. Come on in. Let's have a chat. All right? Not everything has to be for you. And that's okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, hey, you know what? I don't really care for Fire Emblem guy, but I'm really excited that I got Banjo. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be, so we don't need to be destroying it. Also, here's the reality. Sakurai has done some amazing things, brought us amazing characters over the last, like, well, since he was born and birthed into Smash, he's been doing this. Like, if this is the one that he wants, let him have it. He still looks he's like he's, like, it. 24 years old. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. okay. It's okay. I, and, and and I agree with you. I agree. Like, it's not for me. Dante would have not been for me either. Uh, and that's why, I mean, like, I kind of went into this already kind of having a sense of disappointment simply because I knew that it was probably not going to be a character that I wanted. Um, but 
anyway, you're you're right, Tim. What? How did this fall for you? Because I know you really enjoyed Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, so this 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 announcement is this good for you? Um, to, well, to go back to what you guys were saying, I I'm with you guys on the precedence that was set with the first set of DLC characters or the character packs. So there was a precedence Nintendo set that we're getting third party characters. So that's why expectations were so high that we were going to get a fifth and final third party character, whether that be Dante or somebody else that we weren't expecting. Um, so I can understand that disappointment when it's now a first party uh, character, which does lean itself to what Justin was saying that maybe something did happen where they pushed it into the fifth slot and they pushed the other one into the other, the, the second tier or the second uh, batch of characters. So that makes sense that, that, that there's possibility obviously on the business side of things that we will either never know or won't know until somebody writes a book about it 10 years from now. So, um, or until game explained does a video on it later. <laughs> right. So, uh, but, um, that analysis machine rolling. <laughs> yes. The uh, but yes, I am a fan of what was introduced today. I was surprised uh, because I was expecting a third party character, but got a Fire Emblem character um, and one that um, that I was actually expecting probably would have been in the second batch of characters more so than right at the end again because I was expecting a third party. But I like Byleth. And I like the, the fact that that character you can pick from the male or female version. They look great. The board looks great. The four stages of the board. Um, so, and then of course, later on when they talk about the fire pass and all that kind of stuff, I, I, I enjoyed every bit of it. Now, not every part of that fighter pass I liked, but overall I liked a lot of the things that were presented in, in this direct. And and the weapons too were I thought was just fantastic because especially when they poked fun at him dying that first when they first introduced him, and he comes back, uh, to the god and set, and she's like oh you died already because you used a sword you know and all that kind of stuff and like everybody else so and she gave him those other weapons so I thought that was pretty clever on their part when, yeah. when Zothas gave those weapons Andre Andre let me ask you this who were you like who who did you hope it was. Uh, I think uh, anyone who's been, who's been listening to our predictions knows who I wanted, and that is freaking Gino. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want Gino. That's my dream character. But with that said, I didn't expect him. Um, I also didn't expect another Fire Emblem character. So I was probably more shocked by this than I would have been by Gino. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, so how did this land with you, Andre? Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not a Fire Emblem person, so I was a little bit you know dehyped from the get-go. But Sakurai does have a... He's got like the Steve Jobs distortion field thing about him where he can mm-hmm. make, he can present almost anything in a lively and engaging manner. Mm-hmm. And by the end, I'm like, okay, I actually do want to try this guy out or girl out. Um, it lo- they look fun. They might actually be perhaps one of the best Fire Emblem characters yet in that they actually, like I think, better represent the series with the, the weapon triangle or weapon switching mechanic. Um, and they just look really interesting. So despite me not being much of a Fire Emblem fan, I am excited to try them out. But, you know, with that said... Um, I would prefer it to be someone that was more familiar with myself. But hey, Three Houses is, you know, or Fire Emblem in general is huge now. Three Houses mm-hmm. uh, sold extremely well on Switch. And it, there is something just kind of uh, 
not ironic, but um, serendipitous about how uh, a, a series that started in Smash Brothers by almost being cut in America, with the characters being cut in Smash Brothers Malay, um, because no one re- no one recognized them here at the time. They made it, of course, uh, but now you know they dominate the roster. So um, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, well, it's come and, so and far. I- and I would argue a lot of that is because because of Sakurai, right? Because of his influence, and you could tell very quickly, right? He just he just loves that series, yeah, right? Like like it was like I felt like it was a little bit of like sit on sit on Uncle Sakurai's knee and let him <laughs> tell you about Fire Emblem for like yeah, five the, minutes. The fount of knowledge that came out yeah. of him, you know, in the history of the series and the 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 counting off the number of games. Yeah, I mean it was. He does love that series, and I mean it shows. I mean, I was counting up. I like I w- as I'm sitting there watching it. I I opened up Smash on my Switch, and I'm like, I gotta count how many Fire Emblem characters are in here, you know, versus the other. So uh, it is the second now the second most represented franchise in Smash. Mario is the only one who beats it. Mario uh, is at ten or over characters, and that's not counting Donkey and Diddy Kong. In, in the Mario universe. Like, if you count them as a separate, you know, it's still 10 or over for Mario. So, you know, it's obvious that he loves Fire Emblem. Um, the, the thing about it for me is, is I feel like this could have been a... If, if they had made this announcement midway through Fighter Pass Volume 2... Right. You know, like second or third or fourth, it would have gone over way better. It would have landed way, way better than just the last of this. Because I've seen people today go as far to say as because of this, I'm not buying Fighter Pass Volume Two. Um, I did. I wish I'd never bought the Fighter Pass uh, with if it went out like this. Which, you know, that's a little extreme. Can, can we agree? That's a yeah, little yeah, extreme. That's, that's the usual hyperbole. Especially but, if right, they already got enjoyment out of the first four. Right. And, and the thing is, is that uh, 95% of the people who say they're not going to buy it, they are. Yeah. Uh, but th- it, it, I, I think just the placement is the, is, the, is the huge problem here, right? Because like you said, Andre, it does look like an interesting character. It's just not how I wanted this to end. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I think, well, maybe not even mid uh, the second Fighters Pass. I think it would have been better positioned in the in mid the first Fighters Pass because we yeah. had the precedent then or oh, the yeah. expectation that was going to be another third party character. Everyone was expecting another third party character, and when we get surprised by not just a first party one, but being Fire Emblem, um, that definitely de- uh, deflated a lot of people. I think. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. maybe let's let's maybe take that topic and begin to transition a little bit into the second into the second uh, Fighter Pass now. What are your guys' general th- thoughts on that and, and level of interest? And I guess so. For those of you that are that are kind of un- unaware, the second uh, fighter pass goes on sale on January twenty uh, eighth as well, and they are saying that they are guaranteeing that all those characters will be revealed and downloadable by um, release by December thirty first, twenty twenty one. And there are going to be six uh, characters. All the characters have been decided. And the new challenger packs will reveal uh, new characters, stages, and music tracks. This is really, you know, this is this is really more and more looking like a game as a service, right? Yeah. As a continued service. And I think this is also interesting, this idea of, of another pass. Like, literally, folks, we were having this conversation a week ago about Pokemon Direct and their pass. Do you know what I mean? Like they're continuing this, but Andre, I'm gonna throw it to you first. Like, what did you think of the season pass and and or the second season pass? I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's all good news. Um, as you were saying, this is uh, pretty shocking to see Nintendo support a game for this long. Like they dropped Splatoon one, Splatoon two after about a year for as far as big, you know, big major updates. And here we have Smash going three times as long, seemingly, uh, with characters. So that's awesome to see. Um, it does seem like they're slowing down the release schedule a bit because by the end of December 2021, that's almost two years away. <laughs> so I guess we'll be getting one every three to four months at best. Um, so. So, so, yeah, we'll see. Too, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, having six characters, hey, that's a good thing. I was only expecting five. Having that bonus one in there is pretty great. Uh, and I do wonder, though, if that is going to be the official end. Because if it weren't, why not, you know, keep it at five and then introduce a, a third fighter's pass after after uh, you know, after those five. And that would include the sixth one, of course. Yeah, so. I, I, to me, like with the, having the, the, the challenger number 11, that almost feels like it could have been like Piranha Plant was for this one. Uh, just the bonus, you know, like the pre-order bonus or the pre-purchase I, I, bonus. I thought, that, I thought that too, the difference being that Piranha Plant was basically free if you bought the game before a date in January last year. Right, right. yeah. And and this, if you buy the Fighter Pass, you get an Ancient Armor Me costume set that is only available if you buy the Fighter Pass. It will never be released outside of that. But uh, Andre, I got to tell you, you know, you mentioned in Gino and the outpouring of support for Gino uh, once K. Rule got in. I got to think his chances for Fighter Pass 2 are high. Uh, I hope so. I mean, we we Sakurai has even said before, he's officially said he wanted Gino in Smash Brothers Brawl. And that didn't happen, and that's why he eventually became a uh, a me costume. So we know there's a desire there, not just from the fans, but from Sakurai himself. So I don't know how much better, I mean, how much better odds a character if, can possibly if, get. If they did a, uh, a like that, and it was a Mario RPG themed um, stage, I'm the I'm music? totally down. Yeah, yeah. Kind of wondering if it's just Square holding it up with their licensing, or something else is going on. Oh, I'm sure. Yep. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Square is involved, but we do have Cloud in the game, so yeah. yeah. We also got two tracks. <laughs> with <laughs> yeah, that's him. true. Well, that's yeah. true. I mean, it, we didn't we didn't get the entire you know encyclopedia of music for Final Fantasy like we did for like, Dragon Quest, like or oh. SN, SNK, well, luckily, Castlevania. At least, at least with the uh, ultimate treating um, music by series, now you'd have all the other Mario songs that could still fit in with the one new Mario RPG track we get. Well, that's that's true. That's true. Um, Like, I love the idea of Fighter Pass 2. I'm definitely in for it. Um, Of course, you guys know who my hope is for for Fighter Pass 2. And, like, I'm feeling like with all the hubbub and it's already been decided, and they even took time to mention it way back when, that Waluigi's got to have a chance. Oh, I hope so. I mean, I, like, I... I kind of want it to happen. Like, I, I feel like that has time to spin back up again. But, like, I... Y'all, still, that's my that's my only hope. I'm completely blank for the other five, as long as Waluigi's one of them. I'm cool, I was whatever. I was really hoping, kind of, as we talk about these almost like themes that we noticed in these passes. I was hoping that like pass number one would have been like third party, mm-hmm. and then pass number two would be like first party, right? Mm-hmm. So this is where you could see Waluigi come in. It's where you could see Genome come in, right? So, um, but now I'm now I'm a little bit like guessing again so i think it's i think it's you know the thing for me like if i put my business hat on i just think it's fascinating with this idea of that second pass again 
right? Because now we are looking at a game that released. Now, I mean, let's let's talk about the longevity of a game. This game actually released on the Wii U, right? Has been updated, has been adjusted, has been changed, right? And now we're going to be. This is going to be lasting them three full years, right? This was this was released in. December of 2018, and you're getting your last pet player in 2021, December 31st, right? Oh, by that time. Right, by that time. But again, so think about it. Like, that is three years with the updates. Like you talk about this strategy, this business model that Nintendo's moving into, and you heard this before from when the new president came in. He said, DLC, extra content, that that idea. And I think we're starting to see those those leadership ideas begin to come to fruition and form into these kind of ideas, right? It may have originally been like, well, we only have we only want to do one, se- you know, season pass, and then he was like, sure, look at why don't you do two? And they're like, well, why don't we do two, <laughs> right? Like, I'm sure Sakurai would also be like, why don't I just go to sleep for the rest of my life? I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so I I don't know. I think it's fascinating from because again, you think about this. Is Smash not, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, is it not the second or third bestseller on the Switch? It is the number one selling game on the Switch now. Did it pass Mario Kart? Uh, I do believe that as of today, uh, or as of December 2019, it passed. Let me let me go find those Use sales numbers. Because I was looking at this earlier. Uh, Nintendo Switch's best-selling games of 2019 – Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is number one. Well, I think that's, that's just for the year versus I think yeah. all time. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I think Mario Kart still ahead. Here's numbers. the thing: if it's if it hasn't surpassed Mario Kart yet, I have to believe that it's really, really close. Oh man, that's that's yeah. I mean, they're probably both up there. But yeah, Smash is huge. I think one important thing to to consider as well is this DLC isn't just appealing to people who already own the game. It's keeping this game in the public conversation. This game is going to sell forever now as long as they keep announcing DLC. Um, so I don't think we're going to see a sequel or whatever the next match is for quite some time. I think I think Ultimate is it. Yeah. Uh, I'm I just going to throw this, this out here is- that as of April of last year, Smash Brothers had already sold 13.81 million. Yeah. I think this is this is kind of like Nintendo's combat to games like service to a, a game of service platforms like a Fortnite or a Dauntless or a PUBG, mm-hmm. right? Cuz we all have limited time, limited money and limited, you know, uh ability. So if we continue to keep a game like this in our mind share and you're investing that time and energy into it, right? Like like you get to you get to bring the like you literally get to bring this hype cycle up every three to four months. How brilliant is that? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like let's and, and I'm with- okay. as long as they keep with this DLC this yeah. form of monetization, I'm okay with it because yeah. you're getting content, real content with for the for the price you're paying, and yeah. it, it, as long as they stay away from microtransactions, keep that to the mobile and the free stuff. But uh, you know, if I'm pay, you know paying sixty dollars for a game. I want the DLC to have meaning, and they're doing that. Yeah, do that. Yeah, and, and we should be getting number uh, newer numbers or more up to date numbers by the end of this month. Yeah, so. I was going to say what I had found while you guys were talking here is that Mario Kart Eight in November of last year was sitting at nineteen point zero one million, God. with Smash sitting at uh, fifteen point seventy one million. Uh, but here in December, it overtook it. Now, I don't think it's it, four million overtook it, yeah. uh, but just for that month, which is going to give it a gain on Mario Kart 8. I still think Mario Kart 8 
is probably still the long-term selling title, but for how long, right? Because yeah. like Smash, this is only going to propel Smash's momentum yeah. if you've got six more characters coming in. Like, just, just take that idea for a second there, okay? 15 million. I believe at that time the sales for the Switch were approximately 45 million. I'm going to use some round figures here. You have a one in three attachment rate for this game. One in three yeah. consoles have this game, right? So now you have one in three people who've already purchased the 80 bucks, and now you're going to like try and nurse them for another 40, right? Another whatever it is. Come on. Like, this is, this is how you print money. This is why Nintendo is king at this. Like, well done to them. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about one other thing that was revealed during this uh, morning's presentation, and that is brand new Mii Fighter costumes coming in at 75 cents each. These will also be released on the 28th. Some really, uh, I thought, surprising choices here, really neat choices. Uh, Who's that the first, first guy one, from? Uh, Assassin's Creed. Uh, okay. Altair. Again, not, uh, is, not a game I've played. Altair, however you say his name, being uh, introduced there. Uh, rabbits are also now in the game as a hat for Mies. Uh They didn't go full on rabbit, which is, eh, I wish they would have. I still think that one of those rabbits from Mario and Rabbids could make a DLC character. But uh, also, this made me really happy. Mega Man X and Mega Man.exe both getting me fighter costumes. And then the big one at the very end, Cuphead getting the Sans treatment. With the full out costume, which basically transforms your me into Cuphead, as well as a music track uh, from when you fight Cagney Carnation uh, in the game. Uh, I got super hype about Cuphead. If you want to see the hype, look at Roger's reaction to that. Yeah, I watched that both both his reaction (laughs) to the to Baylith and uh, the Cuphead thing. That was just amazing. Andre, you excited for any of these Mii Fighters costumes? No. (laughs) I mean, I'm excited by them being in the game at all. Like, I didn't expect Cuphead to be there. That's awesome. But I never use the Mii Fighters. So, I I mean, it's I'm glad they're there. I will never look at them beyond matching up with someone online. (laughs) I I, I think think my son has only ever bought maybe two or three. What this this shows us uh, from the last Fighter Passes uh, up to now is that Cuphead... And Undertale will not be officially represented with characters. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to get you to pump those brakes right there. Because I'm going to give you two different representations of times where me characters or or costumes for me characters became actual characters. I submit to you, sir. Isabel was a Uh me costume to start off with. And I submit to you, sir. King K. Rule. I also submit to you that they weren't done in this style with music tracks that were made, obviously made to be a cheap way to get them in the game. The main difference is those two were costumes in Smash 4 and then made characters in 5. These are me costumes in 5, so I think the probability of them also becoming fighters in 5 is pretty low. And here's a way, like, I don't think this is like, let let me rephrase what I just said, cheap ways. I don't mean cheap as in... Uh, like crappy way of getting I mean, in the game. Inex- just, it's cheap. It's, it's, it's inexpensive. Cost You can have Sans, you can have Cuphead, and they'll have music from the game, but you just, you're not going to get the full fighter pass treatment. Yeah. Uh, I want to, I want to call out uh, Gordon Law in our chat here who says, 
Uh, quick little tip, basically, use your uh, Nintendo Gold coins to, to purchase them because they're at 75 cents each. So you probably got a bunch of gold coins sitting around that's super cheap as opposed to buying them directly. That's a the great idea. Yep. Great idea. Uh, and so that, again, to reiterate, Byleth, the final fighter from the Fighter Pass, uh, Volume 1, will be out on January the 28th. Expect an, uh, uh, an afternoon release for that, if all the other Smash characters have been uh, something to go by, they've all been evening, you know, like four or five o'clock my time, which is mm-hmm. central time. So also expect that to be uh, released with a new version of the game, right? Usually yeah, the they update be, that. Yeah, the game will be passed. 7.0 update. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a 7.0 update. And then you might get a couple of other little new bits and bobs there, but probably not all that yeah. much. Um, let's talk a few, uh, very quick, some rumored game announcements and some things. This was the number one topic, uh, voted on by you over at our, on our Patreon this week, uh, about Wii U ports and also other rumored games coming to the Nintendo switch also announced today that was probably lost in the shuffle of all this smash, uh, nonsense was that, uh, Metro Redux is coming to Nintendo switch uh, these are all coming on February 28th, and it is a package that collects Metro 2033 and Metro Last Light. Um, so this is all coming on a 16 gigabyte cart. All the DLC is included. Well, I believe it said with no additional download, kind of like The Witcher uh, when it when it came out. Um, this has been rumored. The reason I wanted to kind of get into this right here is. This has been uh, a title that has been talked about, kind of rumored, gone back and forth. Then it gets listed, and all of a sudden, boom, it just shows up out of nowhere. Also, along with these listings, we've seen other titles get rated uh, or be rumored for the last few weeks, including uh, Saints Row 4, the Bioshock Collection, uh, as well as uh, a new trademark for Mario and Luigi being filed, and the possibility that the Pikmin 3 um, or the Pikmin 3 website has gone down uh, and the rumor oh, is floating right. around about, about Pikmin 3 uh, possibly being ported over to the Switch as well. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw it over to the guy who probably knows things and can't say anything. Andre, <laughs> I, I want to know your thoughts on this because Metro is uh, – can we call it a big deal? Because, I mean, one of these games is 10 years old at this point. Uh, is it a big deal for Metro to come to the Switch? But also, what about what do you think about these other games? Uh, I, I also don't know enough about Metro to say whether it's a big deal or not. I'm going to say it probably isn't based on that, but I could be totally off base. Um, for Pik- Pikmin 3, um, I mean, I think like the other Wii U ports we've seen, it makes a ton of sense. Put it on a platform where people actually play it. And I think this actually might be might be one of the um, Wii U ports that could be enhanced by the Switch because they don't have a gamepad. Um, the gamepad actually really damaged my experience with that game because it, you had because the ideal way to play was with the Wii Remote and Nunchuck, but they needed the gamepad to keep on your lap to manage a map and the, uh, your teammate controls. And I think by focusing everything on the TV, they can figure out a better interface for it, just make it more intuitive and more fun and not make it awkward when you're keeping like three controllers in your hands in your lap. So yeah, Pikmin 3 makes a lot of sense. I'm going to miss the motion controls. Sorry. 
I'm going to miss the motion controls. They probably still can simulate it with how what they've done. Oh, like the pointer. Yeah, yeah. but th- I've, I've never liked how the Switch handles, Joy-Con handles being a pointer. It has never felt right to me. Yeah, that's a good point. The pointer actually was super good. The Pikmin 3. That's a good um, point. <laughs> so they, Oh, man. I, I am tired because I missed that. <laughs> You're welcome. I got you. I got yeah, you. I cup. appreciate that. I need the backup. Uh, but yeah, as you were saying, you can mimic it with a Joy-Con, and I imagine that'll be an option. But yeah, it's not as good as the uh, as a pointer. It was like, on the Wii. I, I was showing a friend who was here this weekend, uh, uh, 7 Billion Humans, and when you're playing in handheld, you can use the touchscreen, but when you're playing on TV, you have to use the pointer controls, and I'm recalibrating every 30 seconds. It's not yeah. fun. Oh, you actually brought up something. Pikmin 3, as I recall, actually added touchscreen controls like a year year or so after the game came out. So it's already like tailor-made for the Switch in some way. True. Like, yeah. They were already I for- setting the, the groundwork. I forgot about that since I played it at launch. and didn't- Yeah, same. Yeah, uh, so what about Bioshock being uh, rated by the Taiwanese Games Rating Board? Is that like smoke and fire? Like where there's smoke, there's fire? Or what do you think? I think I think that's legit. I think that's happening. I mean, I think we're going to... I think we're going to start seeing, we're kind of touching on this a little bit before the podcast, but I think we're going to start seeing like just a wave of ports coming in because now we're getting, we're reaching the point where you know, a couple of years ago, these developers realized or these publishers realized, hey, the Switch is selling really well and games that are being ported to it are also selling really well. So we're going to start seeing uh, the full ramification, ramification, ramifications of that, uh, you know, a couple of years out now or, you know, at this point in time. And I think Bioshock makes a lot of sense. I think that will appeal to people on the Switch. You've seen like, Similar shooters do well on the platform, like uh, Doom and uh, Wolfenstein and uh, Wolfenstein, among others. Um, and I think a lot, of, a lot of Nintendo fans probably missed Bioshock too. And the fact that we are possibly getting the whole like trilogy here—that's pretty exciting. And and I'm one of those weird people who actually really enjoy Bioshock too. So I'm looking forward to going back to that one in particular. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I'd I'd 100% agree and focus with that. Right? We is again we talked a little bit in pre-show here, right? But like. Switch comes out. If you think about third parties, let's talk about someone like an EA or whatever who is burned. They're kind of sitting back being like, we're not going to focus. We're not going to spend money and energy developing it until we sit back and watch what happens. First year, nothing is going to happen because they don't have time. You're waiting to start and see, oh, there's Mario. Okay, we're starting to see it actually gain momentum, gain steam. We're seeing the uh, MPD numbers, the sales numbers. Oh, wow, this Switch is a thing. People are doing it. People are buying it. Cool. What kind of graphic fidelity can it work on? Awesome. Can we easily move those games over there? Yes. Right. So year three, year four, and I would I would probably say year five, like going forward, we are now going to see games that were on PS4, PlayStation, or sorry, Xbox, now more easily and more affordably come over. Right. And when you begin to think of some of some of even these larger games, I think of something like a Dauntless, I think of something like Witcher, right? These games that you're like, these cannot be running on a handheld, you know, switch, whatever it is. Simple basics. Companies like the money. <laughs> yeah. People buy the games. They're going to well, do that. Do you know what well, I mean? Like, it's, if you want like, the money, figure it out. Yeah. Like they're, they're going to do it because they have an audience. Right. And I think, you know, again, we look devil may cry, right. That's coming out real soon. Again, they've gone back, they make a Nintendo switch definitive edition and people are going to buy it. It's simple, simple way. I think like this is going to be the, that is going to be the theme that we're going to hear in 2020, I fully believe, is all the third parties are going to show up like as if as if like the party started at eight o'clock and now it's 12 o'clock and they're rolling with a case of beer. Like, <laughs> let's go, son. Let's party up. Yeah. So you mentioned Devil May Cry. Uh, we've already seen the first two games come out on Switch. The third one went up for pre-purchase today. 
It comes out uh, February 20th. Again, this is the game that kind of caused people to think that possibly Dante's coming into Smash uh, due to the timing of the announcement. Probably was just a poor choice of of timing for those tweets and things. But um, it's getting special Nintendo Switch content. Capcom, as, as a publisher at first, I mean, we were heavily critical of them. Lots of people were about not doing buy, not having buy-in for the Switch. Now they're bring, right. they're Disney like afternoon. bring over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is one that's still like to this day. Like that's an easy port. Bring it, bring it over. It does hurt. Um, but like, I think you guys are completely right. We're gonna see like the floodgates open. And I, I wanted to make a list of this before the podcast. I didn't get a chance to, but like now that now that uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions is over on the Switch, uh, as of uh, well, as of today, as you listen to this podcast, it was, uh, it was released six uh, minutes ago. Well, there you go. Six <laughs> minutes ago, it is it is now available. Um, what Wii U games are left besides Pikmin Three, besides Super Mario 3D World? What what's left? Star Fox Zero. No. Shut your mouth. Wonderful 101. <laughs> Wonderful back. 101, if which has been fan. rumored for forever, right? They, I mean, every time a Nintendo Direct like approaches, it's like, oh, the Wonderful 101, they're, they're re-releasing it. Um, I think last year we had, we had Mario. We had new Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, right? We have not yep. had a Mario game release since then, unless you want to count... Um, Mario, Mario, Mario and Sonic. Well, yeah, Mario Maker, but we haven't like where where is like the 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 Mario adventure game? You get you get what I'm saying? Like right. the one that you don't have to make yourself. So I really feel like this is 3D World's year, not just because I want it. I just think that it's the next obvious port choice. And Emily Rogers, who is kind of where these rumors came from in the first place, she said two two Wii U ports. That's if you buy into rumors. But Pikmin 3 could be one of those. Mario 3D World could be the other. And then that was my prediction of the two Zelda games. Yeah. Do you think that they're going to do them that close to release, though? I think that I think I think they'll they'll do them as a combo pack and charge sixty bucks. The, the, okay. So re- what do you what do you just what do you think support of this stuff? Oh me. Uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting them. Yeah, I'm not quite. I'm not expecting them quite yet. But uh, I would love to see them because I thought they were. Well, I thought one of them at least was a great game. <laughs> um, but unlike Pikmin Three, I think they were actually. I think they actually would be worse on the Switch, especially Wind Waker, because the gamepad added so much to that game. Being able to switch your inventory in real time, and give you something to do while on the boat sailing around. Uh, so, but with that said, it'd still be really fun. Uh, but I'm not expecting them, expecting them at this point. I am expecting you know the rumor being. You know, uh, Pikmin Three and Super Mario Three D World. Yeah. Well, and and then there's obviously there's Metroid Prime Trilogy that's out there somewhere too, right? Oh, that's right. <laughs> what do you guys? It's, it's at a, and that Star Fox Star Fox Racing game is out there too, uh, somewhere. <laughs> if only. Uh, it's it's coming, right? Uh, so, guys, that is some things to keep your eye on Actually, uh, moving before, forward. Before we move on, I want to backtrack to Metro real quick. So. The, the Retro Redux, you said it was physical, and that's the only version that's going to be physical, and that's a $60 game. But each, if, if you're not, if you are not a collector of physical and they're okay with digital, the games will be individually sold, $25 each. It's cheaper to do them that way. PSA. Yeah, you're, you're paying the $10 physical tax if you buy them on a cart. Yeah. 
well, even if you buy buy buy, re, buy re, Metro Redux digitally, it's still sixty bucks. So if you want them digitally, buy them individually for twenty five mm. each. I guess I think that nobody will notice that, right? Yeah. Here is uh, here is a uh, another quick thing I, before we move on, Marty, and I just want to make sure we touch on it very quickly because I think it may have got lost in the news cycle today. Um, today, Fire Emblem Three Houses actually got another drop of news for the fourth wave of DLC content that is coming to the Three Houses on February 12th, and it sounds like it's pretty meaty one as well. Oh, yeah. The fourth, so the there is house, a... Right? Yeah, side story, Cinder's Shadow, Fire Emblem Expansion Pass. Again, like, and, and I, I guess I want to sit in this pocket for a second, because Andre's here, and I want, to, I want to pick his brain about this and just talk about this a bit. Seasons Pass, Expansion Pass, 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 right? Ski Passes, right? Nintendo appears to be leaning heavy into this stuff. Andre, what's your thought on this? Uh, it's... It's unusual uh, by Nintendo standards. They're usually years behind. I guess they still kind of are in this sense. But I think it makes I, – I, I, I personally like it. I mean I don't mind it when they're adding meaningful content. And it seems to the fans of these games that they've been doing it for, it, as far as I can tell, they've been mostly well-received. Um, so yeah, I'm on board with it. Like I like the idea of giving the games we've already purchased more life. Um, at a fraction of what a ga- uh, what an entirely new game would cost. Like, look at Pokemon. Um, yeah. Having the DLC now, instead of going out buying a third version, uh, is, I think, far superior. It's half the price. have to start over again. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'm on board with it. Like, as long as Nintendo keeps managing the balance they have so far, being content versus price, uh, I think it's uh, a winning combination. Yeah. Whereas... You know, I'm, I haven't been a fan of how they've been treating the mobile market recently. So yeah. hopefully, they feel, hopefully they don't. You know, it's it's key that they keep the balance they have now on consoles without teetering too far into getting greedy and you know, just yeah, not delivering the content the content value that you expect. Yeah, I find it I find it very interesting because it feels like such a juxtaposition to what we would normally expect from Nintendo. Uh, as we looked at like the Wii and the Wii U, right? Like they kind of did a slight dabbling into DLC kind of every once in a while, but it was like very slim. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, here's Mario Kart 8. Oh, that was very cool DLC um, and added great value. But then in, then as they transitioned into the Switch, almost every major first party game from Nintendo has some DLC strategy or pass or expansion, D- like whatever you want to call it. That is extending the life of it, and I, I think it's very fascinating to watch from a, from an organization that really didn't do much of it before. Yeah, well, I think a key point is um, there was a you know there was a couple of changes in leadership since yep. then. Uh, Iwata was uh, you know extremely outspoken about DLC and mobile monetization, and we've seen both yeah. of those change quite a bit since. I um, remember his. I still remember his GDC talk back in like two thousand nine. Right. Oh, he, yeah. He where, pretty much where he flamed would... the mobile industry. <laughs> yeah. No, he would not. I don't think he would approve of Nintendo's uh, mobile efforts these days. Sure. Um, I, I won't speak for him, of course, but I, based on what he said then, I don't think he'd approve. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a key. The key distinction here is we just have different leadership and they're trying different things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I, I think thing... it's fascinating. It's from a fan's perspective, right? We keep we keep going back to it. Right, we I keep think going one back thing that, that that like I I've noticed about Nintendo's strategy with DLC is this is that uh, for the most part, like, and I, I would say you know ninety five or ninety nine percent of the time, it's not just like arbitrary DLC. It's not like horse armor, right? It's well, there was it, literally horse armor in Zelda Breath of the Wild, but putting well, that aside, <laughs> well, I guess I guess what I'm saying is that when they add DLC to a game, it's never 
uh, just cosmetics or anything right. like that. It's actually something that adds to or lengthens the game. And so there's never this, this kind of, you know, idea of we're just doing this just to get, do a quick cash grab. Yeah. At least that's what it seems like to me. I think that's why I receive it better. I think that's why a lot of people receive it better is because it does feel like genuine additions. It's smart too, because like I have no worry about plopping down 25 or 30 bucks or however much it is for the Smash Brothers Fighter Pass 2. But I know, I, I, regardless of what the characters are, I know they'll be well made. Um, and that's, I think for Nintendo, it makes sense to uphold that standard so people are willing to just, you know, give you their money without questioning it or thinking about it too much. But if that quality starts to slip, I think you'd see uh, the pre-sales reflect that. So mm-hmm. as, as I'm sure some developers have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, that's about all of our news uh, for this week. We're going to jump into a quick uh, let's discuss topic here. Let's do it. All right, so this week uh, news came out that the Mario and Rabbids uh, Kingdom Battle dev studio was hiring 3D artists to work on what was called, quote, a prestigious AAA title. And that's pretty much all the news we have, but I wanted to talk about this for just a few minutes because uh, Mario and Rabbids is probably one of my favorite games for the Switch. And I know a lot of people feel the same way. It was kind of a dark horse. It came out of nowhere. It was something that a lot of people didn't never never thought would work. And it got uh, me to play a strategy game. Yeah, and didn't expect. And it ended up being something that was wonderful and charming and very respectful of the Mario IP. And actually, I, I feel like for a lot of people, left w- left us wanting more. Uh, and so... I'm just, I I thought it would be fun to speculate just a little bit. What do you think this is? Is it another, are we calling Mario and Rabbids a AAA title now? Or are they up to something even more? Tim, what do you think? I think that it's a possibility. Obviously, we could always get a Mario and Rabbids too. But I also would like to think that Maybe they want to take it another route and go, say, Zelda and Rabbids, you know, where you kind of see like the Dynasty Warriors type thing where they used to do where they're doing the different franchises in that format. There could be, you know, they're going to go the Rabbids route where the Rabbids scenario happens in the Zelda, you know, in Hyrule. So and you have to deal with that. And that would be a different type of formula, I think, too. Mm hmm. Yeah, we already kind of saw a spinoff with the Donkey Kong DLC. So it would make sense to move on to another Nintendo IP. Yeah. I was thinking right. along the same lines. I don't think it'll necessarily be a Mario and Rabbids game. It, I'm kind of hoping it's something completely different. It has nothing to do with Rabbids. I'd still be interested in what they're going to do. But you know, Mario and Zelda. That would be an interesting crossover. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't done that yet. Yeah. On the other hand, I, I, I would love a turn-based Zelda game. Uh, that if it, and if it was Mario or Zelda plus Rabbids and it ended up being that, that mix of turn base, but maybe they moved away from the shooting so much and, and it became melee weapons. I, I don't know. I'm kind of here for that, guys. I, mm. I, 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 I think you're describing shit made them like a games. <laughs> I, I sort of wonder if it's, um, Pikmin. Huh. Right. 
So Marion Rabbit Studio hires 3D artists to work on a prestigious AAA title. Right, so think of the turn-based strategy parts of Mario and Rabbids, and then lift that to the idea of the Pikmin model, right? And you're using a 3D mo- artist which is, model stuff, which is kind of a real-time strategy game and always has yeah. been. I can I can see that. Like like in theory, it might not be a huge lift. I think we all like are hoping, and I know I put down this year that we're going to get teased for Pikmin Four, but maybe that's maybe that's it. I don't know. I, first, no, hold on. Let me four? let me just take one thing here. I do like Tim's answer though better. I want this Zelda Rabbids crossover world. That's what I want, right? Like, that's fantastic. Again, hold speaking on, of, it's a bit of a transition from last conversation. Marion Rabbids, another great example of expanded DLC to keep you coming back to this, right? Yes. They were kind of like, they were one of the first ones in uh, in that first year of the Switch that you were like, wow, that's what they're doing. All right. All right, guys, hold on. I just had this huge, like, epiphany. That must hurt. As he freezes up. So anyway, while while he's coming back, you completely missed what you said. You glitched out, and now you just came back. Oh no! I, okay, so they want to keep this. What if they want to keep the same gameplay as Mario and Rabbids, like the same system they've already built, right? Uh, but it's a AAA title. What if? What if it's Metroid and Rabbids? Whoa. <laughs> I think I think there was both a whoa and an ooh all at the same time. <laughs> you oh, and I'd love it to be like a a buddy cop film. Do you know what I mean? Like me, like like Samus is super like angry, and then like the, then it's like the rabbits show up and they're completely incompetent. It's like dun, 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 dun. Well, I was thinking, leaning on what Justin was saying, how about a, a rabbit tingle as a character? <laughs> oh my god! Get out of here, you and your tingle. <laughs> Be something you you know you you know you're here for rabid ridley come on oh my gosh. that's true i come do want to do that does he start little and then grow up he can sure sure <laughs> we'll send you we're sending your ideas right now so, so we're saying out of restream so it's we're saying nintendo ip plus rabbits essentially is what they're <laughs> I, that's <laughs> what i think i think because <laughs> because here's the deal that game went gangbusters and it got them so much press it got it had such a big buzz around it. People are still talking about it. Yeah, I think, I, I think that, it's it's got to be plus rabid something. And I think the other part the other part is definitely that we we have seen with Ubisoft and um, that they that Nintendo has trusted them really well with their IP. And Nintendo's becoming a lot more lenient with kind of uh, lending out their IP, right? So again, we think about not only was it Mario, but then we included Donkey Kong in that um, uh, Ubisoft Mario and Rabbids game, right? So there's the inclusion there. And then they actually, a year later, roll out of the gates with Star Fox. And I would argue that, or sorry, Battle for Atlas, right? Or whatever, Star Atlas Star Battle, Link, whatever it yeah. is. Starlink. Yeah, Starlink, which, by the way, the best Star Fox game that's ever been made, right? <laughs> Whoa. Come at me, bro. I think that was probably <laughs> the best one done. That's a hot right? take. And yeah, where's my hot take button, Jesse? Darn right it was. Darn right. All right. Um, So I think that that studio has definitely earned themselves this kind of pedigree. Now, Starlink didn't sell well, but that's no fault of the character or the the actual, like, uh, Nintendo property. Uh, And I'd probably argue that it probably sold the best on the Switch because of Star Fox. So I I think, like, I wouldn't be shocked if Nintendo kind of says, like, take, take, have, have a go at whatever. And how much do we have to pay the Mega Dads for using that, by the way? None of your business. <laughs> Coming out of your pay. They pay us to use it. Oh, okay. We, we, We're advertising. We, we uh, did ask we did ask for permission before we used it and it was yes. granted. 
Absolutely. Well, guys, with that, let's dive into what we've been playing, shall we? I think Restream just went belly up on us because I can't log into the website. I got kicked out of the chat. I hope we're still streaming. We'll find out. Uh-oh. If we're not streaming, uh, I'm at least recording the video. So we're still there. There you go. At least we're on YouTube. Uh, people can go watch it there. Well, I don't know. If, if, uh, well, if Restream oh, did die, we're dead on YouTube too. Well, that's right. No, what am I saying? Uh, I don't know. Look, uh, it is a long-held tradition here at Nintendo Dads that guests go first when we talk about what we've been playing. So Andre... I'm interested to know what you have been playing. I've been playing Tetris 99. <laughs> yes. I just went back to that a couple of days ago, and I've been hooked on that game all over again. I had never actually played. Uh, so what happened is um, I, I was hooked on for the first like few weeks. Then I won first place. And I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I never. I can never do that again. <laughs> I'm quitting while I'm ahead. I've never uh, done and, that. Best I've but, ever done was fourth. <laughs> so when I returned to it, uh, I forgot they added the mode now where anyone who won first place could uh, could participate in whatever they call it, the like the harder mode where you're you're only battling other fellow first place winners, and that mode's really tough. So I went back to the original mode, and I've been hooked on that again, trying to get that first place victory, and I just can't get it. I I get up to uh like maybe fifteen twenty, I think I got up to eleven once. Uh, but man, people are just even better these days than they were when I was playing before. But I'm hooked on that game. That game's great. So that's the main game I've been playing. Um, yeah, actually, that's mostly been where all my time's been going. <laughs> nice. Do you think we're going to get another surprise drop from uh, Nintendo in 2020? Kind of uh, as a game for us to keep paying that uh, that that subscription every year? I think so. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually predicted one of our discussions is going to be. F099. That's right. I did hear that. That's <laughs> oh, right. Wow. I missed uh, that one. That, that, that's that's, how, you, that's awesome. how you bring hey, back F0. No, I'm here for that. Like, I'm here for the 99 death race. Like, right? At, you know, at, at each lap, you have to be above a certain thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll take nine, it. 98 that, like, writes itself. 95 people will die in the first turn for falling off. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, because of the lag. You remember that the very like each iteration of of F Zero, like each lap, you had to be at a certain thing, or you blew up. Yeah, in the first game, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's they so could totally take it back that. to that. I used to be good at that game, but now I not love F Zero. It would be. F- Go ahead. No, um, no, you, you. Yeah, and and F Zero X even had the literal death race where you went around a loop over and over and over until you either died or killed everyone else. So like it, there's already like some precedent for this idea. Bless you, you wonderful man. That is a that is a fantastic idea. Uh, Nintendo, write this down. Write this. Get on it. Let's go. Yeah, remember Let's Bowser go. listens to us all the time. So I want I want my F Zero. Give me what I want. Uh, uh, Tim, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been pay- playing several things, but I'll be quick about it. So I played Metroid Zero Mission again because I did an episode with Nintendo's. Nintendo Nostalgia, which we recorded at the beginning of the week, which was awesome. That was a lot of fun with those guys. Um, uh, also did uh, played 140 and Thoth. That was the uh, uh, Jep Carlson games um, uh, and reviewed those or did a Let's Play video on those. Those are up on YouTube, and um, which was very interesting because the 140 is a um, well, let me go to Thoth. Thoth is a kind of like twin stick shooter type 
game where you have to get through a, a, a screen of shapes coming at you. Um, colorful shapes, not necessarily like Geometry Wars, but uh, a lot more colorful, I guess. Uh, and you got to get through like four stages at a time in order to make it to the next level. If you don't make it through those four stages, you have to start those four stages over again. So um, that was a lot of fun to play. And then 140 is a rhythm platforming game where you have to time your jumps onto different ledges and different places in the, in the, in the level to move on in order to get to something to bring back, to open the gate, to get to the next level. So, and I, I love the music in this one. So I, I hope to get back to that one at some point. Uh, had a lot of fun with that, but like I said, I did a love to play video of those uh, quick, quick video with both of those in the same video. So check that out. Um, I played a little bit of Lydia, which is a game that I'm uh, looking at to do a video and get out by tomorrow. So that'll be up hopefully shortly. It's a storytelling type game. Uh, pretty straightforward. It's a, you know, kind of not, it's kind of like a point and click type thing, but it's a deep, heavy story. Uh, meaning that from what I read, it's going to make you cry. So, <laughs> and then of course I'm still playing asphalt. Uh, love that racing game. Luigi's Mansion 3, I'm trying to finish that up, get that done. And Jedi Fallen Order, I'm trying to finish that, get that done as well. Me too. I'm like, uh, I think I'm about 80% of the way through the game as of this afternoon. Nice. Nice. I'm hoping to get that. I hope to finish that by this weekend so I can cross that off my list and try to knock out Luigi's yeah, Mansion I like, 3. <laughs> I, I've really enjoyed my time with it, uh, but I don't think I'm on 100% it. Yeah, I'll 100% it when it comes out on the Switch. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's totally yeah you sure will that's totally gonna happen right which means you've already done it because it's not gonna happen uh <laughs> justin what have you been playing gentlemen i'd like to tell you a story about a critical mistake that i made i like games i play some games but i got caught ladies and gentlemen in september an amazing game came into my library i downloaded it i was excited but i got caught by another game to review. Ladies and gentlemen, the game I missed that I started playing this week was Ori and the Blind Forest. Ooh, and I, I literally am, just downloaded that. I am an idiot for having not played this game earlier. And I will say that had I played this game earlier, this game would have been in my top five games of 2019. Wow. Oh, man. Um, this, I... I, end, I had to end the stream because I had to go somewhere. It is a game that I have continued to think about since I stopped streaming a couple days ago. I did a stream on our Twitch channel. You can check it out. Um, it's on our YouTube channel as well. But like, it's, it's just it's just burrowed itself in my brain. And the art style, the music, everything about the platforming genre that I love is in this game. Everything about that kind of like Metroidvania aspect. I am traveling this weekend for work. I fly out on Sunday and I have basically two travel days because of a horrible layover plan. This is all I intend on playing. Um, and if, and if somewhere above the Atlantic, a few tears roll down my cheek as this beautiful story tells is told to me, you'll know why. Cause Ori in the blind forest is freaking amazing. And you're yeah, I really want your... Ori and the Willow of the Wisps to hit the switch. And after you're playing watching. that. You're playing that on your uh, Switch Lite, right? Uh, 
No, just my regular OG. Well, hold uh, on, Tim. For a cup of eight 7-Eleven Slurpee cups, <laughs> I will be happily playing it on my Nintendo Switch Lite. Uh, yeah, so. Ori's one of my backlog games I have to finish before Animal Crossing. Andre, you just downloaded it today? I literally downloaded like a couple hours ago, but then uh, when I realized how long it was going to take, I went over to Tetris 99 instead. Sure. <laughs> so it's done. Yeah. It should be done now, so I can go play it after we're done talking here. I might have to, based on your impressions. I, I legitimately think it's one of those games, like, don't be like, oh, I've only got half an hour. Like, you got to be like, I've got nope. three hours. And, oh, and yeah. take some time. Let, me, let me give you some... Uh, some some tips one tip for ori and justin will probably echo this save early save often yes yep <laughs> yep yeah freaking yep. amazing loved it yeah uh, can even I, when I, I have to redo things over and over and over it's still amazing yeah andre when you start playing it let me know your impressions i'd love to hear them. uh yeah do. i'm excited uh jesse what about you what you playing Right, so I've I've played a few things. We didn't talk about this last week. Most of, most of these games were in my list. Then I wanted to talk a little bit about Ring Fit Adventure. I last week I did play it every day, Monday to Friday, and I, I was able to advance a little bit every day. Except for Friday, I went up against the World Three boss and failed. And I'm thinking, okay, am I going to have to grind already? And just that thought has not motivated me to get back to it yet. So I'm thinking if I do get back, when I do get back to it, I still want to do so. I'm probably going to, I was doing everything on one of the lowest levels. I want to bump it up a little bit, start back in world one and just go through again. And maybe things might click a little better and I won't have the same hang up uh, that I had in world three. And the next next game is Dr. Kawashima's Brain Training for Nintendo Switch. I thought in the people in the post show who have access to our post show heard that I had a difficulty trying to purchase the eShop credit since this is available only well, pretty much everywhere except for North America. I was trying to buy European eShop. I bought a Euro code, but my e- e- EU account is set in UK, so I couldn't use it. So I still had to I had to buy a U a, a an eShop card that uses pounds, and then I was able to buy it. And so this game I have been playing every day. So today was day fourteen, and yeah, uh, uh, you, know, you unlock a new uh, a new game every three or four days. And some the ones that are number based or math based or logic based I like the ones that are word based. Not don't like as much. Same, I, I had the same opinions of these on the DS version, and but uh, it, it is fun. I do like the ranking system. I think uh, maybe it's Don Koopman. Uh, I think one person usually plays before me, so I see his score and then I I see my score, and depending on on the, on which what the gate what the game is, I'm. Uh, we, we kind of flip flop, like on the piano one. I'm always, almost always on the top, but uh, others I'm not so much. <laughs> Somehow he got tw- someone got twenty three seconds on the cal- calculations times twenty five. I don't know how that happened. I I think I know why this game is being delayed over here. Because of the recognition. Yes, <laughs> I re- it is it is light years worse than the DS versions. It's awful. Like, I am frequently adding five to seven seconds to my calculation time because of the number five. 
Just wait till you get calculations times 100. You'll be adding 20 seconds. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Like uh, it's it's almost game breaking for me. Like it makes me not yeah. want to play it. Uh, yeah, I hope that the North American release does fix it, and if it does, I probably will rebuy it so I can see the difference. But, yeah, uh, but but I I am liking this game. And and then finally, of course, Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition. I started playing. I started playing this. I think the day after Christmas, and during the show two weeks ago, I was like fifty hours in. I am now. 108 hours in and I am I still don't want to put it down and I'm going to have to soon in order to get to the games that I have on in, on, on deck but uh, the, I really didn't have any challenge of, in, until what, I, what, I'm, what I'm calling Act 3 and uh, so, so I am I'm not necessarily grinding yet but I'm like doing other things as yeah, so like the game has a story arc and then side quests you can do. And usually the story arc in the f- the first two acts have been relatively linear. Act three has many sub story arcs that you can do in any order, but because they are part of the main story, they're not in the quest log. So I have had to take extensive notes by hand to not forget what I need to do every time I see something. So I took a picture of my of my. Sh- sheet of notes and, and put it on discord and the most everything i've completed i scribbled out so it's like 95 percent scribbled out but it was notes all over the place um i kind of wi- normally in games like this when you have you beat a boss credits roll and then there's some post-game content that post-game content is usually epilogish not really important that is not true here I really wish they didn't roll credits at the end of Act 2, which still is 85 hours in, at least it was for me. But, you know, it, there's obvious plot holes still at the end when you're rolling credits that you want to know, what does this mean? They do get answered in Act 3, in addition to more plot twists, which I won't, I won't go into the spoilers. Uh, I, I'm thinking about maybe doing a spoiler sh- show, just kind of talking about what what you know, things that happen to the characters, and what I, if I, I why I like that, why I don't like it, etc. Not sure I'll get a chance to do that, but that's kind of on my back of my mind. Right. But um, again, I'm, I'm wanting to finish the game, but with uh, Sharp FE coming out, and plus another, which I did have early access to, and haven't had a chance to even launch it yet. And then uh, I have another early access game that I can't talk about yet. Um. <laughs> yeah, big big thanks to our friends over at Nintendo of Canada for providing us early access to Sharp FE. Uh, Jesse is going to be covering that game for us, so look for uh, his coverage uh, and his information as he plays more through it. And Jesse, you played the version on the Wii U as well, so it'll be a good opportunity to kind yeah. of uh, compare what your it, but I got was. to like, like the last dungeon. Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Cool. Awesome. So uh, I've been playing Doom. This is a game that I picked up when it first launched on the Switch because I had never had the opportunity to play it, and I wanted to, and I really liked it. I got about an hour or two into it, and then, like Justin was talking about with Ori and the Blind Forest earlier, uh, other games came along and derailed uh, that, and so I never finished it, but I actually just finished the game last night, 
so I played this on the Switch. Obviously, you know, I'm many years behind everybody else, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I did feel like any, anybody else here ever play it or finish it? Nope. No. I felt like it was really, really good for 75% of the game, and the last 25% was excessive. Like, it was like, you know, the levels became go down this hallway, enter and see that you're about to enter into a big room. Oh, crap. That means 50 demons at once. Uh, gird yourself for the fight. Fight through them. The lockdown ends. You go down another hallway. You do it again. Repeat five to seven to ten times. Level over. Ew. That doesn't so, sound like fun at all. It's like you at, lost at, imagination. At the end, yeah, at the end, I kind of felt like it was a slog. But like for the rest of it, I, I, I really enjoyed. It. And I also felt like the like not that Doom has to have like some super convoluted story or whatever, but like the story doesn't really start until you're like fifty percent of the way through the game. <laughs> and and so that just kind of I went. That's an huh? odd decision. Yeah, so it doesn't really get rolling until you literally go to hell. Uh, so, but like the weapons feel great. The combat was awesome. It's just at the end, it was just like, oh God, more combat. Like another big, long segment of me shooting this shotgun 400 billion times. But, and then, the, and then like the ending was literally like, a minute long. <laughs> anticlimactic. So, yeah, it was it was kind of anticlimactic, but I, I would still I would still recommend it. Like, uh, I I don't think there's a first person shooter out there that kind of feels like Doom does. It's it's fast, it's frantic, it it's very visceral. I, I like that part of it, but just the end of it kind of left me cold. Uh, the other game I've been playing. Uh, and we're not going to talk about it. I'm just going to mention it. Um, is called Hypercharge Unboxed. And uh, this is a game that Justin and I uh, hopped on video last night and uh, did a session of for a video that will release at the end of this month. Um, Hypercharge Unboxed is a cooperative um, shooter that is also tower defense at the same time that is set in a world of toys. So like you, it's like Toy Story, but a shooter and tower defense. Okay. And so like, <laughs> I know, like if it sounds. It looks pretty cool. It is. And like the, the atmosphere, like the aesthetics of the game, they totally nailed like back rooms and bathrooms and toy stores. They're like one of the levels is literally called number two and it's in a bathroom. <laughs> wow. And so we played this last night and had a blast. Uh, I think it's one. I think it's a game that I would love to like introduce to our community and begin to play some with them. Uh, I think it can support up to eight players in one room. Justin, was that yeah, what we saw? Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's going to be launching January thirty first, I believe, on the Switch. So it's one I would keep my eye on if you like first person shooters and or tower defense. And we will have more coverage when the embargo breaks. Yep. Before we move on, I wanted to say one more thing about Dragon Quest. If if we, I was a hundred hours in two weeks ago, I would have called that my, my game of the year instead mm -hmm. of just the runner up. But gotcha. I don't want. I want to keep playing the game. <laughs> awesome. 
Well, guys, let's head over to the community spotlight that we're going to shine on Andre. I'll do it. So uh, I, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, Andre does a little uh, show and podcast that uh, he calls Game Explains real small. Um, <laughs> well, but uh, on, why don't you tell us uh, about your show? Tell us about all the things you're doing and let our listeners know where they can find you if they don't know already. And it's yeah, a real you- it's a real indie podcast, right? Really <laughs> small YouTube channel, too. Uh, a, a little bit. Um, so yeah, I run Game Explain, uh, or yeah, I run it with a uh, with a whole crew. We cover Nintendo primarily, but we, we've been expanding out to other pla- to other platforms like PS, uh, PlayStation, and Xbox. But what we mostly do are you know reviews, previews, and we're best known for doing in depth analysis videos, uh, primarily for Nintendo games, where we take a trailer, break it down, point out all the secrets you might have missed. And we'll do that for an absurd amount of time. I think we took like a trailer about grass that was ten seconds long, turned into like a twenty-minute video. Yeah. So, how, how long was the Breath of the Wild analysis? Oh, uh, the the one for the one based on E3 was over. Was I think just over two hours? Right. <laughs> yeah. I never want to do that again. That almost killed me. <laughs> <laughs> so, if people want to go watch these videos and and see you and the rest of your crew, where can they find you? Oh yeah, just type in Game Explain on YouTube and it'll take you right there. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at you guys on YouTube right now and uh you have passed not only uh 11,500 videos, actually you're you're about 170 over that. Uh you guys are over the million subscriber mark on YouTube, so congratulations uh well, thank for you. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I, folks, I don't, I don't think I've ever had a chance to tell you this, uh but I was a subscriber to the channel, like when you were really early days, like the, what, what brought me to your channel was finding all the star coins in 3d land. <laughs> oh, 3d land. Oh man. I've heard it. I've heard that from, um, I've heard something similar for new super Mario brothers. You have not heard 3d land yet. So that's, yeah. So I'm glad to hear it of a different game. So much, cool. much older videos. <laughs> well, thanks for sticking with us. That's awesome. It's just been fun, a fun ride. And folks, if if you're again, and I I'm going to assume you know when we're talking about big fish and small fish, uh, uh, Game Explain is the big fish in this pond. We are the small fish. But if you have found our stuff, you have most likely probably found Game Explain. If you have not, uh, they also have a podcast called Real Talk, uh, which is very similar, I think, in some ways to our show in format as well. A bunch of people sitting around chatting Nintendo news, breaking it down, uh, and they do a fantastic job. So make sure you check out the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you're, you know, feeling like you got a little bit of extra scratch in your pocket as well, head over to their Patreon as well and support them there. We are also proud supporters on Patreon uh, of Game Explained as well. So uh, yeah, we've always yeah, the been, last, uh, last time Andre was a guest on our show, was like two or three weeks later, he started his podcast. So yeah. I like to think that we helped yeah. them get going. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Andre, we started a new feature this week over on our Patreon where we uh, let our $15 and higher sub uh, tier subscribers leave you some questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way that we did this is that it would be uh, n- no topic off limits uh, except for decency and, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're a family, family friendly show. We're a family friendly show. Right. So uh, we've got a few questions here uh, for, for you. And uh, so here's the first one. Uh, 
what is the most unexpected thing about being a career YouTuber? Oh man. Um, <laughs> oh, unexpected thing. Good question. God, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I've, do, I've been doing it so long now. Like I haven't, I haven't know what it was like. I, I can barely remember what it was like before I was a career YouTuber. Um, Oh man, I'm about to come back to this one. If you give me okay. some time, maybe I'll. Come yeah, back we'll to that. we'll we'll come back. Okay, so uh, question number two: What is your guilty pleasure game? Oh man, let me think. Guilty pleasure game. Um, man, I wish I had better answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, thinking at least I think I know how you're going to answer the next one. Yeah, maybe. God, I'm trying to think. Like, I'm trying. Like, I don't know. If the, I don't know if I like any games. I'm like ashamed is, of. You know, like there, I think. Is there is there a comfort food? Maybe let's let's maybe adjust the question. Okay, well, is my there com- one that you go to yeah, my, for. Yeah, go ahead. My comfort game is definitely Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. I can plop that game in, have a great time, no matter what. It doesn't matter <laughs> how spirit animal. Right. It doesn't matter how bad my day is going. I will have a great time. It'll put me in a better mood than I was. Um. Yeah, that game's just great. The, the music, the visuals, the gameplay, it just all comes together. So, fantastic experience. Well, we'll take that as, as your guilty pleasure game. I don't <laughs> know. My, my uh, I, I'm like that with, like, Mega Man 2. Like, that's my, like, I can play it with my eyes closed. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always going to have a good good time with that. Um, here's the next question. Um, and don't forget that thing about the career YouTuber. We'll come back to that. Uh, what is the game that you had the worst time reviewing slash analyzing the worst oh that that has to be uh reviewing paper mario sticker star sticker star yep. <laughs> there are not there are not many games i hate i hate that game i just straight up hate that game <laughs> and uh that was the worst reviewing experience i've ever had i had to force myself through that game i wanted to quit at every turn um i didn't have i had almost zero fun at any point with that game I hate oh. that game as well. Yeah, I'm glad we're not alone. And I mean, I, I there was I was even reached out to you about other journalists who got stuck in the game, and I just happened to be I just happened to have been beyond where they were, so I was able to help them through it. But I feel like I feel like I was doing them a disservice. I was doing their reviews a disservice because they didn't have the frustration I did. No one was around <laughs> to help me. No one. I, there was no guys. There was no one to help me. I had to go through that crap by myself. You pretty much had to save oh. it, try a sticker, all that crap that didn't work. Yeah. Load exactly. the game, try yeah. it again. Bingo. That's Be- it. Because the stickers are disposable. They it, right. Yeah. It, uh, it's so annoying. Whoever vetted that one needs. Um, a new career. That's gonna be our, that's gonna be the remake for 2020. Yeah. Oh, shut up, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Wiki Bobby. Uh, now let, let's switch gears and ask this: What's the best time that you ever had reviewing or analyzing a game? All right. Oh, analyze. All right. I'll go. With, I'll go with analyzing. I actually had a lot of fun analyzing uh, the initial trailer. I think for Super Mario Odyssey or. The first real trailer for Super Mario Odyssey. We saw like the 10 second clip before then, but the first real trailer, I had a lot of fun, especially when it came to New Donk City. And I, and I actually mapped out that entire city, uh, before, before it was playable. Like I had the street names. I had like, I figured out where every street is going. I remember um, like, that Espresso thing, yeah. Street, 
K uh, rules K Rule Street, I think, you know, a bunch of them. I think I had everyone on there except for I think there might have been one I just couldn't figure out or one that we just couldn't see the name of. But I was really happy with how that one turned out. Um, and also conversely, um, that's also one of the most fun games I've had reviewing as well. Just, I had a complete blast playing through that game. And generally, if I, if I have fun playing a game, I'll get fun reviewing it in general. So, yeah, just a great experience overall. Yeah, that, awesome. was, just, that was Justin's 11 out of 10. That was, and that was funny because it was it was interesting, kind of a side story. Because on I got the game a couple days before I think Andre did because we were working with uh, a different Nintendo distributor at that point. And I remember I reached out to you and I was like, "How far along are you?" And you're like, "Oh, we haven't got it yet." And then you got it, and then like you passed me for playing it, and I had like a three day lead. <laughs> um, and then and then you guys were having your like your discussion on it, and you're like, "Hey, do you want to jump in?" And I was like, "Well, I haven't finished it." And you're like, "Yeah, never mind then." Because you were like, we're not spoiling this for you. And I was like, son of a... Okay, good. I sound, like a, I sound like a real jerk there for a second. <laughs> well, no, it was it was more because you were like... Because if you haven't finished it, like there's a big thing you want to know. And I was like, oh, man. You're like, I don't want to spoil that for you. And I was like, all right, fair enough. But uh, yeah, I had a pretty good laugh at that one. But yeah, I had a three-day lead and you beat me like that. So Yeah, I, 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 I literally did nothing but play that game for, for the entire time I had it. I did nothing but play Mario in sleep occasionally. So... <laughs> Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm trying to find a video I put on uh, what I put on uh, on YouTube. Yeah, here it is. This is um, have you heard of a channel called Noggin or Loxton? I have. Yeah, this is a, this is a clip that talking about the reviews of that game. I mean, some reviewers like Game Explain even had to invent new terminology for their reviews and rework their entire review system just to explain how amazing this game is, and some I've seen have even given it an 11 out of 10. And, well, let's cool it real quick, and let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so that's so why I know him. <laughs> he's talking to both of you. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, so that was exactly it. Yes, yeah, so that's actually why I remember him. I took issue. I actually did see that video at the time. I took issue with it because uh, we didn't invent the review score for Mario Odyssey. We had mind blowing ready to go because we had just, the whole scale. It just was never down. used. It just never was used. Yeah, the whole idea of mind blowing was the game has to be so good that it that it basically exceeds our normal scale. Like we basically, you know, our love is effectively our. You know, nine or ten out of ten, or whatever. You know, we don't we don't number it, so I don't want to give it specific here. But my blowing was like one step above our top score, um, and that and that's still the only game I've given it to is Mario Odyssey. So yeah, I was a little bit annoyed that he used our review score as a way of undermining the review process when no, it worked within our process. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's. You, are you ready to come back to the YouTuber question? Yeah, I think I'm ready. So okay. Um, yeah, so it was the most un- un- most unexpected thing of being a uh, YouTuber, most unexpected thing about being a career YouTuber. Yeah, so it's unfortunately it's not it's probably not a good answer or not not a particularly exciting answer or a fun one. Um, it's probably just a stress. It's stressful mm. um, because being a career YouTuber, there's no there's no like stability. <laughs> your your career is dependent on your performance on YouTube, which is di- dictated you know by your content how it resonates with your audience and just the whims of YouTube's algorithm. Um, so it's stressful, like trying to maintain a schedule, make sure your numbers are growing and not shrinking, you know, looking at the growth, you know, not just month to month, but even year over year, um, you know, and, and seeing like making sure you're like, you're still growing and not shrinking, you know, for this month versus one last year. And yeah, to make sure like for us, we have content every day and because we making sure we have content ready to go and what that content's going to be. It's like being on a treadmill. You're just running at full speed constantly. And uh, 
<laughs> it can get a little str- or it can get very stressful. So yeah, I, I remember Ninja saying something uh, a while ago about how uh, he and his wife could not even take a vacation. Like they felt like he could not leave his channel because all he could think about was if I leave and I take this vacation, which I need and I want to take, then it's going to cost me this much money to be away this many days. Yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. Um, especially with streamers or, or I feel like anyone who, anyone who's like built their brand around their own personality, yeah. that's going to be an even bigger issue for, I'm yeah. a little bit fortunate in that I didn't do that. Like we have a more diverse crew that I've been, that we've been growing over the years and I intend to keep doing that hopefully. Um, so luckily it's not all just on me where if I, where if I'm gone, nothing happens. <laughs> so yeah. that would be, yeah, that'd be even more stressful. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, that would be tough. I, I've read some of these articles about streamers and how like if you take a day off, it affects your you know performance. Like you know, pre- like there's a, an immediate noticeable uh, distinction or difference in how yeah. your performance if is. If you're no longer trending a day, then you exactly. you may you'll lose the feature and yeah, I, you lose yeah. people. Yep, I yeah. don't know how they do it. So I mean, granted, it's not too different on YouTube, but it's different enough that to the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I'm not a streamer because that sounds like hell to me. So. Yeah, I think- <laughs> The thing that we've never had to deal with yet was, you know, queuing up videos in advance to be scheduled to we to to maintain. Pretty much everything we've done so far is once it's ready to go, it goes. The only thing we we was may stagger it like a, a half a day so we don't like release two videos at the same time. But mm-hmm. you know, we've never needed to yet actually have something backlogged and scheduled to yeah. a week in advance for a week. Like and I know all the channels do. Yeah, and I know that's something that you know I've always really admired, and I think uh, Andre, from a game explaining perspective, I think a little bit of try try to what we've tried to model here as well is that I have the idea of that, and especially I've seen from you guys is using your resources, using using your talent differently, right? You do you you guys are an actual company, right? Like you guys you guys run it as a business, run it as a company, um, and ensure that you know you, to your point, you're not you're not one man's brand. Right. Exactly. You're you're relying on other people. So so whether you're leveraging, you know, John over in the UK side or whether it's Tom up in Canada or whether it's, um, you know, either Ash or uh, Derek. Right. Or the, your expanded team, you're using different people so that you're not a probably burning out one individual, but also spreading your workload across across time zones. Right. And and allows you to kind of take those breaks. Right. Andre, you can go away to Disneyland for two weeks because sure. Look, at there's five other people that can figure out how to post videos and do their job. Yeah, exactly. That's something I couldn't have done, you know, uh, a few years ago. Whereas now I actually can get away every now and then. Uh, granted, I'm still keeping an eye on things, uh, you know, making sure we don't miss a new story or whatever. Yeah. But I am able to get away exactly. Whereas if you know, if you are the brand, that becomes a lot harder to do. So right, um, right, right. Now I'm the only one who is able to record. And we're trying to get other technologies in place so other people can do the recording. Because like I'm planning on going to E3 this year, and if I go. That means if I'm not there to record, someone else has to. Mm-hmm. Because so, I, I won't be able to record from LA when my all, all my equipment's here. I'll be able to join the call, a call, but I won't be able to do the full sure. recording. Yeah. Right. No, and uh, I think that's great. That's great advice that you gave there too, Andre, for anyone who's kind of uh, aspiring to get into this kind of this scene, right? 
Yeah, and to to follow up on that, there's there's a, a couple. We have a couple other questions. I think some of these we can include in the post show uh, for post show patrons. Uh, but let I want to ask this one because I think it fits with this part of the discussion. Uh, what would you, Andre? What would you say some of the best practices and tools are for preparing and creating video content on a game? Oh man, uh, what what do you mean by tools? Like just uh, general or like specific programs? Tim, or? Tim, you want to provide some context here? Sure. Uh, this could probably be a whole show in itself, I'm sure, <laughs> but uh, just more of um, I guess. You don't have to go into the tools, but just best practices for for preparing, creating video content on a game. Hmm. I mean, it's going to sound a little bit cliche. I mean, I guess it. You know, do something you're you're passionate about. Like, make sure you're excited for the subject matter. That's probably step number one. So you don't burn yourself out on making content you don't want to do. Um, beyond that, you know, I guess it's just figure out a you know figure out like you know figure out what you want to do, make an outline for it, and start working toward it. Just start. Just start writing if it's a script-based thing, or if you're, you know, if you're streaming, just start streaming, just start doing it. Um, and I'm trying to think anything of any, you know, of how much more specific I can get. I'm just kind of winging it day day by day myself, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still figuring it out, to be honest. That makes awesome. sense. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jesse, I think that uh, we have a voicemail. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, not for Andre though. I don't believe. No, it's not. Well, we're we're gonna answer a couple oh. more questions for Andre in the post show. So yeah. patrons, be sure to listen to that uh, this week uh, if you're ten dollar and up. And their main just just full disclosure, they're Tim's questions. So uh, we actually did ask questions from our patrons uh, in the show here that everyone could hear. Okay, here's here's the voicemail we got. It's a uh... Nice and short one, but I don't. If he says his name, I, I can't understand it, so I don't know who this is. All right. Oh man, this is Jeb. I thought this was Jed's After Dark. Oh, my apologies. I guess I got the wrong number. Uh, well, what do you guys think about Dad's After Dark? Uh, thanks. Bye. Sorry. <laughs> that was right. Jeb. 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 All right. So that's that's a great that's a great kind of launching pad off of this. So Jeb was asking about Dads After Dark. So folks, earlier this week we launched a brand new uh, audio podcast show done by Drew and John called Dads After Dark. And if you acronym that, it's just Dads. So that's great. Yes. Dads um, After Dark show. So. Yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> it is a little bit more uh, part of the Nintendo Dads After Dark, and so uh, it's a little bit off the chain. Kids should kind of be in bed. Um, great reception so far. Great feedback. We're excited about the content those guys are doing. It's a fantastic job, uh, and we encourage you, if you haven't had a chance, to check it out. I do want to take a moment and take a pause in this. One of the things that we are going to be making a change coming very soon is that we are going to create a separate um, podcast feed for that show. So right now, those are coming into the main Nintendo Dads family-friendly content feed um, podcast streams. We are going to create a separate feed for that, so you can go and subscribe to that. Um, that way, if you are kind of like some of some other parents who uh, who might let their kids listen to the Nintendo Dads show, 
maybe in their rooms on their Alexas or on their iPads or whatever it is. Uh, you don't have to worry about what uh, what content's coming through. So we're going to move the Nintendo Dads After Dark to its own channel stream um, feed that you can subscribe to. Once we have that information up and running, that is where that, that content will go. Any Dads After Dark content will go there, including stuff that this group may do. That also may be if the Mega Dads come back on. Whoa. And I just lost the entire Skype call. Let me see if I can get it back in. Can be a great opportunity as well. All right, so I just got dropped, and that's okay. But you're back. So anything you just said in the last thirty seconds did not get recorded. Oh, sweet! Because I I told them all how much I think you do a banger of a job. Just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Uh, no, I was just saying that uh, Nintendo Dads After Dark separate separate stream. We'll have more information on that soon. Keep it posted. But John and Drew did a fantastic job, and guys, if you get a chance, please listen to that episode as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeb. We appreciate that. And thanks for the segue into that. And speaking of segues, uh, I'm going to read this email very quickly from Scott Remick. And here's what he says. Everyone has their wish list for a more powerful Switch Pro. However, most of these wish lists would result in a fragmentation of the Switch game market. I know Nintendo has done this before back with the DS, but I feel like it was a fluke and a bad idea. For Nintendo to pull such a thing again with the current popularity of the Switch would be dangerous to its success. I don't think it would be wise for Nintendo to do anything that could risk toppling the Switch's toppling the Switch's current status, which in many ways is still precarious. Here's how the Switch Pro could actually work to provide users with an upgrade without fragmenting the game market. 1920 by 1080 display, which is an upgrade from 720p. Undocked portable games now run as fast as docked. OLED for battery life, contrast, and improved colors, increased internal built-in storage, improved battery life, improved kickstand, more durable case, Bluetooth headset support, upgraded Joy-Cons with proper D-pads, and themes, which um, he mentions is possibly why Nintendo has not had themes, is that they don't want to tax the UI, which they have purposefully made uh, br- you know, bare bones, so it would stay snappy. Um, what do you guys think about the possibility of a Switch Pro? I know we kind of talked about the idea that it would launch. Maybe I mentioned my predictions for 2020 that there would be just a Switch Home uh, that maybe fit this bill. Um, I don't know. What What do you think, Andre? Let's go to you first. I mean, I think it's just a matter of time. I think the real question is, you know, what is it going to be? Will they market as a Switch Pro, uh, a true successor, or kind of like a spin-off thing? And I'm kind of thinking they may go toward what we may be seeing Microsoft do, which is basically a, you know, basically in the footsteps of the mobile marketplace, where we see more of a gradual, like, um, successor, where uh, whatever the next Switch is, like, it'll come out, it'll offer probably a lot of features that individual mentioned mentioned uh but it will be fully backwards compatible and at the same time uh the games will still work on the existing switch as well um those will be upgraded on on the newer switch but it'll have the same library and at some point down the line maybe after a couple years or so that's when the exclusives will start coming to the newer switch and then people will probably be you know probably want to upgrade at that point much as we've seen like as i said already on on mobile or even in nintendo's own history this is basically the game boy color where you had a ton of games that worked on both, but over time you saw more and more get moved to being Game Boy Color exclusive. 
Yeah, that's pretty much what Microsoft is doing. They've they've announced this that when Xbox Series X comes out, there will not be any X first party Xbox Series X exclusive games for at least a year. Anything that they release will be Xbox One's games that will be enhanced by it, but still be playable on Xbox One. Exactly. I love that. I, I'm starting to lean into this idea, and maybe it's maybe it's after your conversation, Marty, last week with this Switch Home idea, that the, sw- that the Switch Pro, like if the Switch Lite is, doesn't dock, what if the Switch Pro doesn't undock? Right. So it is this kind it is this home box console where you can, you know, whether it's, hey, here's a spot where you can put the cartridge, right? Still works with your pro controller, still connects to your other, you know, Joy Cons, but like the the actual current OG switch is kind of like the hybrid of those two things, right? So you kind of go one way or the other. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. and they um, improve the ability to move games from the home version to the yeah. light version. Well, which yeah, you can do with any two switches anyway already. So that's just yeah. that's just a, a function that exists in the OS. Well, I'm saying works. improve on that what they do already. Oh, but improve on okay. it. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. I don't. I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know. I, I think that uh, this time next year, uh, I think that there will be a Switch Pro of some kind. And I and there was something that I heard uh, on the Switch Island mention. I think it was John who mentioned it on there. They said he said that. And I thought it was very interesting was that they could put they could still have a Switch Pro that utilizes the same cartridges on either the Switch Pro or the OG Switch or the Lite. But in that cartridge, since they're building 64 gig versions of those carts, that they would have um, a version of the game that works on all those units, but have um, graphic packs or whatever you call it in there in there on the cart inside the cart that when you do play it on the pro that you get that up version of the game. Cause it's all in the 64 gig version of the cart. The or cart. maybe it's just a download that only downloads. If you have the switch home or the switch right. pro, which, which right. would still be beefy. So you'd definitely need some storage, but yeah, if, that's well, like, uh, uh, you know, it's just like uh, PS4 pro or Xbox one X downloading 4k texture packs. Right. And and here's small. the thing. A, right. a, de- a dedicated home version of the Switch would have more room for storage. Yep. So yeah. I, I yeah. just think that there's something. So like you're thinking coming. SSD? Yeah. Built I think e- that would be built-in Ethernet? Uh, there'd be Wi-Fi, too. Well, yeah, Wi-Fi definitely, too. To, but it would have but to be improved. Un- because but unlike any previous Nintendo system that has had network capabilities... They've never had a yeah, dedicated I think, Yeah, I get port. what you're saying now. Like, yeah, it would have to have built in. I think. My only concern is is that um, I know Nintendo tends to do things better uh, than some companies, but my only concern with this, the idea of the Switch Home and the Switch Lite being the new Switch is, is that it's essentially Nintendo moving to a PS4 Vita thing. But at you least know. the same games will still play on every system. Right. That's true. That's the only difference. It, like I said, it, it's an improved thing that they're doing, but that's not usually yeah. Nintendo's MO. Nintendo's right. MO I, is I, doing something that we didn't I, even think of. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to doing the, the Switch Home model, but I think they still would have want, they would want to keep the hybrid model as well, like a three-tier system. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. They keep all three. They keep all three models. And they're, and they're part of the Switch family. Andre, is that crazy? What do you think? 
Uh, sorry, you broke up there. Can you repeat that? Uh, is that crazy? What do you think? Sorry, is what crazy? Three models? Oh, like the whole, like the three models, switch home, switch OG, switch light. I, I thought a switch light is crazy. So <laughs> um, you have you have a switch without the ability to switch. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit crazy, but I mean, I, I don't think it's like there's precedent now. So, and I do think there, there would be some appeal to having, like for me, I barely use a switch in handheld form. So I would actually like welcome like a cheaper, tiny console. I could just take with me anywhere. Like I'd be totally on board with that. There's a little, I don't know, $150 box that I can just plug into a TV and I'm set. Yeah. I'm normally handheld, but playing, playing Dragon Quest for the last three weeks, that text is so small. I, I, I'm playing it almost all on a TV. But yeah, only so like his his description in the email is almost exactly what one of my predictions was. Is that you know the, I, there will be an upgraded switch which will remain, maintain the hybrid functionality. The only thing I don't agree with what he with what he said was themes being uh, processor heavy. You know, unless you're doing animations and crap in the background, I don't think that's true. They might no, take if it's up just a little bit more memory. Music. Yeah, it'll make it take a little bit more RAM, but it won't take up all that much more processing Absolutely. power. Well, guys, thanks for weighing in on that. Thanks for writing to us. Thanks for the questions you sent in. This has been an absolutely fantastic episode of Nintendo Dads, episode 263. Andre, we want to thank you again for being on the show. Uh, if people want to follow you on Twitter and on the socials, where where do they go? Uh, yeah, you can follow Game Explain on Twitter or uh, Facebook at Game Explain, and you can follow myself at Andre Seegers um, on 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 Twitter or Instagram. Actually, don't follow me on Instagram. I barely post anything. Just follow me on Twitter at Andre Seegers. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, as we close out the show, uh, we're going to close out in a different way. We're going to do our normal spiel, but also this week we want to share a poem that was sent to us. From good friend of the show, Cat Janitor. If you remember Cat Janitor, he is the one who sent uh, me a copy personally of Diddy Kong Racing for Nintendo 64, which I still need to film some footage of. We didn't meet that goal for uh, Extra Life, but I'm going to be generous and I'm going to play the game and film myself doing it. But here, Cat uh, Janitor has been sick this week, a little bit of stomach virus, so he sent us a haiku. And so uh, we want to get a little cultural here on Nintendo Dads as we finish. So <laughs> here is here is his haiku. Right after you barf and the sick feeling passes, what's better than that? <laughs> Very nice. And, that, and that's how we folks, end it. <laughs> and that's why Andre <laughs> won't come back next time. Yeah. <laughs> that's been episode 263 of Nintendo Dads. As we close out, we want to say... A huge thanks not only to Andre for being on the show this week, but to our Patreon producers, Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, Sean Abbott, and Antonio Contronio. You guys are awesome, as well as all of you folks over at Patreon.com. Uh, thanks for chiming in and working with some of the new features of the show this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know. Give us some feedback. And speaking of feedback, if you enjoy the show, hit up iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you're at. Give us a five-star review. Write some kind words. It helps other people find the show. And you can find us at nintendodads.org where you can get all of our feeds for videos, tweets, podcast episodes, our social media, our Patreon page, merch, and more. And you can find us on the socials everywhere. Just type in Nintendo Dads. If we're there, boom, you'll show up. It'll find us. You'll find us. We'd love to connect with you there. 
You can email us at nintendodads at gmail.com or podcast at nintendodads.org. Or you can be like good old Jeb and call in and leave us a voicemail at 925 or 929-25-NDADS. That's 929-256-3237. Big thanks to OC Remix for the music we're using throughout the show. And thanks once again to you listeners for being a part of episode 263. For me, for Tim, for Justin, for Jesse, and for Andre, bye-bye. Nintendo Dads. Wobble Puffet? Wobble Buffet?